Welcome to Listen With Your Eyes, the show that is heard, not seen. I'm your host, the blind guy, Callum Brennan, and on this podcast, we'll be discussing what it's like to live with a disability. Let's get started. Joining me today is my excellent guest, Ellie Waite. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. <clears throat> so you're right if we uh, start from the beginning? That's, it's a very good place to start. Yes. <laughs> so, so where are you from, Ellie? I'm from, I'm from Pontypool in Wales. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, a lot, my accent has anglicised um, somewhat. Sure. Um, so kind of lost the accent there, much to my grandmother's dismay. <laughs> um, much, yeah, much to my nan's dismay. Um, but yeah, now I live in um, Indiana in America. Right. Um, which is a, a phrase I didn't expect to say in my life, but sure. here I am. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. So if you uh, could explain like the level of blindness you have and also has it been the way it is since you were born? Yeah, so um, I have a type of achromatopsia uh, called cone dystrophy. Right. Or I have a type of cone dystrophy called achromatopsia, one of them, one of those way rounds. Sure. Um, and then I have the typical... Um, you know, kind of blind person potluck conditions of nystagmus um, and and photophobia, which okay. I feel like everyone somehow magically has. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, my sight really, really um, varies and it's all to do with light. Okay. Um, so the long, the long and short of it, how I was kind of taught to explain it as a kid, because um, I've had it since birth. Right. And someone had to kind of sit me down and say, when people ask, this is what you say. And it was the more light there is, the less I can see. Okay. Um, so I, to say people as I've got older, I've described it like a camera. If you turn the exposure up and up and up and up and up on a camera, eventually everything just becomes one sh- of of light yeah um and, and there's no distinctions anymore um and so um that's kind of how i am um okay and then i also have different severities of that depending on the different light so artificial light for me um is better than natural light natural light will blind me um instantly okay um artificial light not as much um so i have one of those it you know eye conditions that that seem to vary all the time i've also got no um color vision at all i've never seen color okay um so that's fun because i just have like a whole like load of vocabulary that i don't use you know like what is red sure who knows why do we need purple? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. So is it like a um, 
to sort of like give people ideas is it like a black and white tv i guess or um that's what i've been told it is right um but i've never seen color yeah so i have nothing to compare it to yeah like yeah that would make sense yeah so is it just one of those things where it's like say so the examples you gave red and purple are you able to tell what is red and purple as a result of different shades of gray or do you still are you not sure um some so red is a very odd one i gave red because it's the one that i'm most likely to see okay um but it has to be really 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 vibrant bright um like fire engine red okay and it has to be a big block of the color right if it's just like a red pencil i can't tell sure but if it's a red tabletop i might be able to okay um but red's the only color i can do that with um everything else just i i have no idea i can make educated guesses you know like the likelihood is that tree is brown sure right <laughs> yeah that's just, fair. you know from basic knowledge yeah um but i i cannot pinpoint any other color apart from certain shades of red okay yeah cool and um so given an idea so when it comes to like the distance you can see does that again does that i'm guessing that varies on the light yeah. but when it's that varies with the light but when it's on its best like how far can you see when it's at its best um a reasonable amount um you know my kind of distance vision and field of vision is actually really quite um good okay right it's it's not for me it's not how much i'm seeing it's almost how i'm seeing it sure um so yeah you know on a day when my nystagmus is um very settled you know and I'm in a dimly lit space, (laughs) you know, I'll be able to see in some level of detail across a room. You know, I wouldn't be able to read what was on the poster across the room, but I'd be able to see that a poster was there. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like going out and about, do you need to wear say sunglasses to, um to make it easier for you to see or yes yeah um i wear sunglasses that they they help um you know they don't help that much to be honest right they're more of comfort than anything okay um because it can be very uh very very painful for me to have light in my eyes particularly natural light right um so it's they don't improve my vision that much but at least i'm not getting migraines sure yeah that, you know? <laughs> that's yeah definitely a plus yeah so when you um are out and about are you uh, a cane user yeah um it depends uh, uh where i am and who i'm with sure um but I would say about 50% of the time I'm, I'm a cane user, particularly in unfamiliar spaces. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll use my cane. Or just areas where I think, um, 
other people will need to know. Okay. Right. If I if I go to the airport, yeah, or a concert or somewhere like that, those are generally unfamiliar spaces anyway. Yes. But it's also twofold of like I need it to feel if there's a step on the floor, but also to let other people know. Yeah. You know, if I'm walking around looking lost, I probably <laughs> you know I yeah. am. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, I've I've brought it up when. Uh, talking to people on previous episodes that the cane is a mobility aid sure but i think it serves a great purpose for letting other people know around you that you mm. are blind because it's like you know it helps you you know yes you will get uh some idiots out there but yeah. nine times out of ten i would say it, you know, if you accidentally bump into someone, they turn around, they see your cane, they know, you know, it's nothing personal. Um, yeah. You know, you know. sometimes I do, I mean, perhaps this is a um, uh, a woman thing. Um, you know, I do feel, sometimes my cane is very helpful, but sometimes I actually feel more vulnerable with a cane. Yeah, sure. Because if someone's going to, target me if someone's going to try and pickpocket me you know sure. um, or worse they're going to go for, to the person who can't really give a description to the police right <laughs> yeah um, no I get that um, that makes sense so yeah I feel that um, sometimes so I generally don't use my cane if I'm going out in the evening bars or clubbing or, or places yeah. like that understandable because uh, it yeah, it just makes me feel more vulnerable. Sure. Maybe that's a woman thing. I would understand, yeah, that... I can understand with the society we're in, mm. yeah, I think if yeah, you're a woman, I can imagine that's to it, because I think, yeah, for me, it's, I have to say, I don't think I've ever thought of it too much. I think it's occurred to me, but yeah, um, I suppose I would just hope that uh, I managed to, uh, in moments like that, that's when it uh, becomes a makeshift weapon, I guess. Um, yeah. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. um, I've been fortunate that I've that's never it's never happened to myself. Obviously, I'm not a woman, uh, so <laughs> admittedly, is this how you're coming out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would. Um, but no, I've, yeah. So that definitely is uh, something else to consider and. A fair point, yeah. definitely. If yeah. for people to take into account of why uh, a blind person may not you have a cane with them. Uh, but yeah. what about uh, some may wonder? Have you ever considered having a guide dog at any point? Yeah, I have gone um, back and forth a lot on it. I really have, um, and. Essentially, I, I, it becomes no every time, right. no matter how tempted I am. Sure. Partly because sometimes I wonder if I just want a dog. Yeah, that's right. Like, fair. do I just want a dog? Yeah. Um, but also, you know, given my eye condition, it's so much worse in the summer. Yeah. Uh, with uh, obviously you get winter sun and things like that, but it's so much worse in the summer. Sure. Um, and so. You know, would there be a way for me to have a guide dog in the summer and then, like, give it to someone who else who needs it in the winter? You know, yeah. Um, 
I wouldn't and, say and so. so it, yeah. Um, we just have a really dull, gloomy November and I don't work with them. Obviously, you know, I take them for a walk and stuff. I'm not a monster. But, you know, sure. I don't w- work them for a month. Yeah. And then it becomes, am I taking that dog off somebody? Because the waiting lists are so long. Is there somebody else who really needs this every day without fail? So it always comes back, back to no. Sure. For me. Yeah. If there was like a way, if we could find somebody whose eye condition was worse in the winter and we could just switch. Sure the guide dog then i would have a guide dog but um yeah admittedly i don't know how that would actually work for the dog in that situation yeah but no i get <laughs> the I def- dog would be very confused yeah but yeah no definitely get your point i guess um like you talk about the wane list being long in the uk they say a wane list um on average of course uh the current pandemic has extended it but usually they say from a year to two years on the waiting list. Is it similar in America? Um, to my knowledge, um, and it's also, God, I looked, I looked into this when I first arrived, so I'm having to, like, dig through my memory. Sure. Um, I think you also have to go on, like, a form of residential Okay. Uh, for a few weeks to train, and I believe it's in LA, in, uh, somewhere West Coast vibe. Um, again, I might be wrong. You know, I googled this two years ago. Sure. <laughs> Did it once? You know. Um, so, so it seems to be. Um, you know, I don't have time to pop to California for three weeks. No, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I. Nice I'm unsure about the length of the waiting list, but the system definitely is different. Yeah. You know. Okay. That's fair. So to sort of go a little bit backwards, you mentioned uh, that you that your sight has been this way since birth. Uh, is mm-hmm. it inherited? Um, it's genetic, but neither of my parents have it. Um, so my parents were both fully sighted. They didn't right. realize that they both carried that gene. Okay. You know, n- none of my grandparents are blind. And then my right. parents essentially accidentally had two blind kids. Sure. Um, and we're like, what's going on? And the doctors were like, oh, you should probably know that you carry this gene. <laughs> sure. Um, so I imagine that was quite a shock for them. I would imagine so, yeah. 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 But okay. So... Yeah, so it's just, they just carried the gene, but as far as your, yeah, no one had it before, at least yeah. that you're aware of. Okay, that's yeah. fair. <clears throat> so did you go to mainstream education? I did. I I went to mainstream education until I was 16, and I loathed it. Right. Um, I did not, I mean, I mean, primary school, I don't think I cared, Um you know, I think for, for most of primary school, I don't think I realized I was the blind one, if that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But my my secondary school experience, and this isn't necessarily a fault of the school. No secondary problem. school experience was awful. Okay. Um, a comprehensive. Um, they, uh, I just, they just felt like they were not prepared for me to be there. Okay. Despite numerous meetings. 
sure. Yeah. So was it? So it was not good as a result of the academic sense and the not having the right support, or did you have problems with your fellow pupils as well? It, it was a mix. I had some problems with with fellow pupils. Um, okay. But I think the 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 blind. I think I would have had problems with pupils if I wasn't blind. Fair enough. Um, I'm still fat and nerdy and blind it just made it worse you know um so, That's fair. <laughs> so yeah it just made, like i wouldn't have been good at sports even if i was sighted you know um okay so yeah that played a part in it but the big thing was um support and it didn't come from uh, i had an incredible senko um his, his name was mr drew if he listens hi um he he was amazing but it was um individual teachers okay who just didn't get it at all sorry what what was the title you gave him a senko senko i mean that's not a yeah. term for me was that just like so like a, oh, a teaching uh, assistant no a, a special educational needs coordinator oh okay yeah. I, I've, I've probably, yeah, that's probably what I've had. I just, I've never heard that um, abbreviation, I admit, myself. Uh, so I'm learning something. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was individual teachers' problems. And right. then, you know, I remember story time. I had one teacher specifically who every single week forgot to enlarge my homework. Right in some way okay whether that was you know um blowing it up from a4 to a3 or put making it a larger font sure he forgot every week um and so i used to have to either do it myself or my dad would have to do it or i would take it to the you know the library and the librarian would do it or whatever which was ridiculous because i shouldn't have no other kid had to do that um and he was reported to the Senko multiple times for that. And this one day I, I had enough and I had to write an essay. Um, and so I typed the essay up and gave it to him in size one font. <laughs> and he got really bad at me because he couldn't read it. So I told him to enlarge it right. for himself. Okay. Um, he, I mean, I got in trouble for that, I would but he never, so. he never forgot to enlarge my homework again. <laughs> yeah, definitely you're an effective way of getting it across. Yeah, that was a fun phone call with my dad, though. <laughs> yeah, I'd <laughs> imagine know. so, yeah. He, he, he was fair. He was like, well, we've been telling you for months and months that this has been going on. I think she just, she had enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had multiple teachers like that who, and you know, I don't think it was mean. Like, I don't think they were, I refused to teach this girl effectively. I think it was just, um, you know, I went to a very big comprehensive school. There were easily over 2000 students in it. Yeah. Um, you know, but that kept consistently happening in the majority of my lessons and some teachers were were better at it than others okay um but yeah it sure wasn't great (laughs) okay i mean i was going to ask but you sort of revealed the um 
the way the format you needed um, your work in, you needed large print? Yes, um, okay. large print, yeah. And would you touch type? Like, is that how you would um, do your writing or...? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I hand wrote um, more numerical subjects, so maths and science I used to handwrite. Sure. Um, but things that I would do, you know, large chunks of writing in, um, you know, the humanities really, uh, which is what my interest has always been in more than the sciences um you know cool. your histories and your Englishes. yeah um i would have to type them up because there would be no way when it came to revising those topics i would be able to read um you know that much small handwriting sure so yeah. when so when you wrote you were able to write reasonably small when you... Yeah, I've oddly, I've always had very good handwriting that I can't read because it's too small. <laughs> Seems a bit it's of a weird impressive. one. Yeah. Con I don't know how I gained that skill because my brother's the complete opposite. Right. Um, but I, you know, my brother's handwriting seems to be bigger than the page sometimes. Sure. Um, but it still causes me problems. Like sometimes I'll write a shopping list, get to the shop and can't read the shopping list. <laughs> or... <laughs> I don't, I honestly think it's just a, uh, like a, a muscle memory thing or like maybe yeah. some sort of weird repressed memory where I got in trouble in school for having too big handwriting or something. Maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, that's just, it's always been a problem that I've had. I can't read my own handwriting, not because it's messy, but because it's too small. Okay. That's fair yeah. enough. When it comes to working on a computer, do you, do you require a screen reader or? Um, so I use um, used in my education. Um, now I just use the stuff that's on Apple products. Right. Um, but I use Supernova and I would use a mixture of the screen reader on Supernova and the magnification. Okay. Um, so again, you know, if I needed to read a textbook, yeah big chunk of writing my eyes are going to get tired very very quickly sure stick the voiceover on yeah um but if i'm just you know having to read you know one title on a youtube video yeah i'll use magnification so okay um yeah that and again i think that was sometimes quite frustrating for, for blind schools that i went to because you know one day i was using magnification but not my cane and then the other day i was using screen readers but no cane and and um, i think you know it was never very easy to get a solid plan sure a support plan in place for me yeah because just my sight varies so much um and um so you know if there was some struggle with that at specialist schools there 100 percent was at mainstream you were in mainstream until 16 so i'm guessing mm -hmm. was it when you were 16 that you went to um specialist education yeah, I went to special education for my A-levels. Yeah. Um, essentially, the mainstream, very nicely and very responsibly, were like, we can't support it through A-levels. Okay. GCSEs were hard enough. <laughs> sure. Um, which, again, I think, good on them for, for doing that, because I have heard stories of, you know, mainstream schools being like, no, we can do it, and then it all falls apart, you know? Yeah, um, no, definitely. So... 
again, I had a brilliant Senko, <laughs> Mr. Drew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, sorry. But, I... Yeah, so I did... Sorry, I interrupted you then. No, no, I mean, I was quickly going to ask to clarify that both uh, your mainstream schools, like, uh, you know, primary and secondary, were local to you in Wales? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry, yeah, carry on. Yeah, so I went to... For, for about two years, I left halfway through my second year. Um, I went to New College Worcester to do right. my A-levels. Okay. Left there um, and then essentially finished them off at RNC for a third year. So I did three years of A-levels. Right. Um, and yeah, it was better in some ways worse in others okay um do you care to um give some examples of best and worse yeah um new college worcester really didn't suit me okay um oh i'm gonna have to be tactful um it appreciate it yeah no no problem no lawsuits here (laughs) um (laughs) um be very early yes. on. Yeah, it's really quick demise here at this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it didn't suit me at all. Um, I think the inherent difference between New College Worcester and RNC is that New College Worcester begins at 11. So you can go to your secondary school, your comprehensive school at New College. Yeah. And so the rules that were there for 11 year olds, I also had to follow at 16, 17, 18. Sure. And I mean, I I wasn't even going through that much of a rebellious phase. No, but I can see why that would be an issue. And I have to say, you're not, you're not the first I've heard with this uh, example of like, yeah, the rules, at least at the time were very same, you know, I think, you know, I sort of, uh, I guess, uh, covering my uh, covering my own butt here, but I've, it's I I'm not aware if it you know is still like this um, in the modern day. But yeah, I definitely had heard some people say, you know, what you're telling us now, and I think pretty much anyone can yeah. understand that you know, for a 16 to 18 year old to have to be expected and to be, you know, told to do the same things as an 11 year old, even 12, 13, 14 and 15, you know, it's, it doesn't make any sense and would definitely be incredibly frustrating. Yeah. And I think as well, there is this very weird, again, this is what I picked up. I know people who've gone to New College Worcester and had a wonderful time. Yeah. There are people who did great at New College Worcester. Um, but for me personally, it didn't work because I there was this very kind of, you know, particularly when I turned 18, I turned 18 at New College Worcester. Right. And I was still expected to follow those same rules. Yeah. Um, and there was this very strange um, hypocrisy okay. in, in the way that I believe the school was run. Uh, which was kind of like that, that it would constantly be like you're an adult you're gonna you know 
you need to be ready for the outside world but make sure you're home by curfew mm. you know yeah. it would be you're 18 years old i expected better from you you need to set an example for the lower students but um make sure you you, you know it's that kind of i'll make sure you're you're around for wake-up call you know yeah. so it was it it created for me um a very very frustrating um environment and you know i yeah i i, I rebelled a bit from it um you know nothing terrible you know i didn't you know injure anyone or sure. you know uh, set fire to anything any yeah no arson was committed yeah um good to know but, i mean that's a that's a perfect example i remember getting you know really really punished because i had a candle in my room right and i'd lit the candle and and yes um i did break a rule there is a reason that you don't have candles in a room with soft furnishings in a blind school I get it, right? Um, I do. I get it. Um, but the 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 punishment of it was, I believe, completely disproportionate to the actual issue. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah. So there was there was a lot of that. You know, if I didn't go to the canteen for dinner and I cooked my own dinner, I would get in trouble for it. Right. You know, um, because I hadn't been, you know, signed off ILS yet. Um, okay. But then at the same time, it was like, you're going to university. Yeah. You're an adult, but I'm not allowed to microwave rice. Sure. You know? <laughs> so... Yeah. To uh, clarify for people who are not aware, ILS is independent living skills. May have uh, mentioned it in previous episodes, but just thought I'd make it clear in case. But uh, yeah, no, I can understand that. But um before we get to uh, the uh, differences from when you, you went to RNC, what A-levels were you doing at New College Worcester? Oh, gosh, now you're asking. It's like 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, music, right. drama, English and history, English literature and history. Okay. Yeah. So you were doing four and because this was when it was AS and A-levels. Did you yes. did you drop what a did yes, you drop an AS dropped, for the second year? Yeah, I dropped music. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you say you didn't finish the A levels as a result of at, at New College Worcester. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And then so when you went to R and C, were you able to pick all three back up or did you do something different? Um, I did other things. Um so New College Worcester allowed me, even though I'd quit um, the school um, due to various reasons, um, which again, don't also hear, um, yeah. they allowed me to go back to just sit the exam. So I would turn up in the morning, sit my history exam and leave. But obviously I hadn't had a few months of lessons. Yeah. Um, and then obviously things had happened that had made me leave, right? So sure. my grades didn't come out very well. Um, and then yeah. I couldn't finish my drama because it had to be practical with other people. Right. Um, so when I went to 
RNC, which I have much brighter reviews of. You'll be happy to know. Um, <laughs> sure. I finished off my drama. Okay. Uh, I took AS sociology. Right. Um, just because, to be honest, for me to get funding, I had to have a decent timetable. Yeah. Um, and then I also took extended project. Okay. Um, because my grades had come out far poor, poorer than expected at NCW sure. because of various reasons. Yeah. So I wanted a kind of um, a proof of um, look, I can do something. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, of course. No, that's fair. So um, you talked about um, having a, more of a glowing review of your time at RNC. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, I think um, RNC just makes more sense um, as as an institution. How so? <laughs> um, actually preparing um, a student for the real world. Far, far, far better. Sure. Um because you you have actual um, independence and you have actual kind of autonomy over your decisions. Um, and there are also um, experiences at RNC that you can have in a safe environment. Sure. You know, New College Worcester, even if you were over 18, yeah. with a no alcohol campus and you mm. also were not allowed to go get back to their drunk in the evening right so you would have quite possibly um a load of blind people going from ncw to again the rule might have changed uh but not when i was there from ncw to university and let's be honest britain's university drinking culture is brutal yeah the university um, of worcester who, yeah. who have possibly never been to a bar and drank or a pub well, yeah drank. sure yes you so, know yeah. um even if they were over 18 um yeah. because you weren't really allowed you know you could if you were over 18 you know you could go to a pub for a meal because this is nothing about new cultural so you had to tell them where you were going when you signed out sure you couldn't just leave campus you had to formally sign out Again, even if you were over 18. So, you know, if you said to them, you, oh, I'm going to a pub, it would be, oh, I hope it's only for a meal. Right. You know, and you would have, you know, you could maybe like sneak, you know, a cider with your meal or something. Um, but it, it didn't offer um, any situation for somebody to... Um, test test their limits really which is what it is particularly yeah. when you're blind um and that's a very very good example of rnc had that down you know you could yeah. drink if you want you had a student if you bar. were over 18 yeah. you could drink there was a bar um and everyone has stories about rnc in the bar where their limits went a bit you know <laughs> yeah um Definitely. but it means that um you know if if I was out at the Kerry or, so, you know, somewhere in Hereford and I got too drunk, I knew I could call RNC and say, I, I have a problem. I'm not okay, right? Sure. That can't happen at New College Worcester 
because yeah. remember you had to sign out and you didn't tell them where you were really going yeah right um and so it that that's a great example of kind of that um that actual independence that you have at rnc sure um as as an institution rnc allows you to actually grow and learn and make mistakes yeah without immediately punishing you for that or belittling you for that um so yeah just as i my personal time at rnc was a whole different story nothing to do with the staff or the institution um maybe to do with students i didn't um have the best time there um but as an institution itself um rnc i think is far um superior to actually helping blind people have independence and confidence um and being able to advocate for themselves than new college worcester is okay yeah yeah that's that's good to know so i guess um due to um time i guess for us and what we can talk about should we um skip ahead uh a few years i admit i'm not 100 percent sure exactly how many you can tell yeah. tell me if if you want um of you going to america yeah i moved to america um i had um a long distance um partner right and um uh, essentially um I came over to, you know, something they say, you know, you don't know someone until you live with them, right? Sure. And because we were long distance, you know, across a literal ocean, like 4,000 miles. Yeah. Um, I was always very wary um, because I didn't know what he was like, really. Sure. Yeah, I understand. Um, he may have been Hannibal Lecter. I don't, I don't know. He seemed nice <laughs> on tags. Sure. <laughs> um so you know he came to wales once i came over here for two weeks okay and then i kept, you know went back to wales and i said to him i want to come over for an extended period of time right to actually know if this could work because you're not going to get to know someone really off you know a week two weeks yeah. in a hotel room yeah sure you, you're not um, and we'd been doing this long distance thing at that point for about two years. Right. And I, I just needed to know if I was wasting my time. Yeah, that's fair. You know, uh, I just didn't know if we were, I, I, I loved him. I thought he was wonderful. He made me laugh, but that's different to every day with somebody. Sure. So I came over, um, for three months. I had a three month, essentially 90 day fiance, three month, right. um, visa, um, which was essentially a travel visa. It was like a glorified travel visa. Of course. Um, and about two months into that, uh, I quite quickly realized that this was working. Right. And I didn't want to go home. Okay. I was like, I'm happy here. This is, this is working as, as, as a marriage. obviously i dropped everything and left for three months so i essentially lost work 
right? Okay. Um, so I was like, okay. And so I text him on his lunch break while he was at work right. saying, do you want to get married? That was on the Friday. We okay. got married on the Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Quick turnaround. Quick turnaround. My dress was off Amazon Prime. You know, classic. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's dream. Yeah. Everyone wants a Amazon wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we marched down to the courthouse and we got married. And um, it was, I. you know, I've never been a a big white wedding kind of person anyway you know i was sure. never one of those people who dreamt of it so it didn't bother me at all um and yeah we 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 applied for a change in visa so i applied to become um a legal resident um so we had to go through so there was a good so we got married in april and it wasn't till november i got granted legal residency right. so i had like April, May, June, July, August, September, about six months yes. of having a pending status, yeah, which is really tense. Could imagine, you know, because so. um, you know, at that point, kind of Britain, um, you know, wasn't supporting me at the time, but neither was America at the time. So you're very much in limbo during that time. And sure. Um, you know, there's only certain things you can do. Obviously, I couldn't work in that time. I couldn't go to school. I couldn't... Um, there were certain organizations I couldn't volunteer for. Right. Even. Um, because essentially, like, if I get a government funding or something, it can't go to me. I have no reason to be there. So it, it was it was an odd six months of just trying to find ways for me to fill time. Um, but we, we got it and we went... Um, you have to... I had to make like this little package essentially you had 101 forms to fill out um right. as you would expect and then you had to present um like a package of, of proof that it was a real marriage i can yeah. assure you it's a real marriage yeah. um but, you know so things like wedding cards my family had sent us um you know we put our finances yeah. into a joint account yeah. Um, all of that sort of thing. So we packaged that all off and um, got to the immigration interview and we were very, very lucky. They granted me legal residency at the interview. Um, and yeah, I got my green card. So um, it was a very, very stressful process because I couldn't see to fill out the forms. Yes, sure. And I, I, I essentially, my husband had to fill out every single one of them. Yeah. Um, which, um, and when I say there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot, Yeah. like, you know, and it's not just, you know, name, age, and, um, you know, date of birth or whatever. It's where was your, where was your dad's job in 1975? You know, it's stuff like yeah. that where you're like, why do you need to know? And, you know, uh, what, 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 what? county was your mother born in i don't really know somewhere in wales i think you know um so you know it was a lot it was it was a lot of that and it was that you know that joke i've heard it before when you fill out any kind of form and it will be like um are you a, a nazi 
and you would have to put, put no because you'd be a pretty stupid Nazi if you said yes. Yeah. Right. I've, I've heard that before. Yes. It's like that, yeah, but a hundred times worse. It, some of the questions, I don't, I don't even know the circumstance in which that could happen. You know, there are questions like, have you led child soldiers to their death? No. No, I haven't led child soldiers to their death. No. Um, but I guess Glad when... Yeah, yeah. Not something I've participated in in uh, the Welsh Valleys, personally. No. Um, uh, but I think when... Um, not a pastime. Yeah. You know, when... So you can imagine how, you know, crazy and massive those forms are, and it really did kind of lumber my husband with them because I couldn't see to do them. So that was... Um, you know, it's... In one hand, it was great. I didn't fill out a single form. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, that was definitely a strain for him then. Yeah. You know? It doesn't make the situation less tense for you. No. No. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, he sat there and going, so, uh, have you ever committed genocide? And I'm there like, <laughs> you should know that by now. You married yeah. me. It'd be a hell of a way <laughs> for him to find out. Yeah, right. <laughs> But, so yeah, I live, I live here now. Yeah, and it, it's it's different from Britain, but I I'm lucky because he's he's a very very good support system for me. Okay. Well, yeah. So, I guess if you can expand it, different to Britain, how? And I'm guessing I'm due to the uh, nature of this podcast. I suppose I'm more thinking about you know mm-hmm. the. Uh, response treatment yeah. which you know pick pick your words to um yeah. blindness well, it's it's just a different culture really particularly where i am i'm in indiana right and if, if you're in a big city you know if you're in new york or san jose it may be a bit different sure um you know really really simple things like um generally the streets in america aren't very pedestrianized Right. And the bus services and train services, um, again, if you know, you're in New York, you've got the subway, right? Yeah. But here in South Bend, Indiana, right, um, the the bus services and, and the train services barely exist. Right. And if they do, they are for long term. You know, it's the train is from here to Florida. Like, I don't need okay. that. I just need to pop to my supermarket. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, <laughs> So that was a big adjustment. I really am, um, um, you know, it, it th- I think it's a cultural thing. You know, think of the American dream. It's having a nice car and a nice house, right? Yeah. And everyone drives. You have to drive. Right. And obviously, I am blind. I don't drive. Good to know. Yeah, good to um, know. Yeah, you it, know. It is I the... think they should let me try. Well... It is the t- if I kill someone, I'll stop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it is the number one Google question, can blind people drive? Is it? Yes, I looked up. Do you want to know the um, number two and number three? Yes, please. Uh, dream and cry. <laughs> yeah, I usually cry about being blind, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole other story, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what about the dreaming? I guess if people will be wondering do you see do you dream as you see um yes 
Yeah. If I have a dream where I'm like outside, I don't see in the dream, which makes sense because natural light. Yeah. Fair enough. But if I go inside, then I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But um, yeah, back to the so um, difference in uh, America. Yeah. So that's that's a big difference, and that was really hard for me as a kind of. I'm an independent woman. Yeah. I am a feminist who don't need no man. But also, please, can you drive me to 7-Eleven? I need a pack of cigarettes. Right? Yeah. So, sure. that... <laughs> yeah. so um, you know, that that's, that's something I do still struggle with is, um, and again, different in different areas. Um, uh, but for me, there is lack of independence that, that I can access. And then even really simple things. Um, like in America, they like to just change the interior of the supermarket. Right. Just, I don't know if it's for fun. Well, no, I do know what it's for because I Googled it. And um, we do it a little bit in Britain, but not like not America does. Mm. So what it is, is they change where things are laid out in the supermarket Yeah. to make you walk around the supermarket so you're more likely to buy things you see. Yeah. Right? Which is I imagine really helps their profit. Yeah. But, you know, I can still tell you, you know, the Tesco's in Pontypool. I knew where the onion was and where the pasta was. And, sure. you know, because you pretty much buy the same things every week, really, don't you? And so I could yeah. do my weekly shop like the back of my hand, right? Yes. And oddly, things would change, or I might need a hand looking in the reduce section to see if there's anything I wanted on offer, you know? Sure. Um, but in America, no, there's no chance. The only things that stay stationary is, you know, the cold items are all in the fridge bit and the freezer bit, but where they are in the fridge and freezers will completely move Right. every month. Okay. Um, so there's no... W the only way I could shop independently in America... Um, would be to get assistance from the shop itself. Sure. And, yeah. And how, I guess, if you haven't needed to, uh, due to being with your husband, you may not be able to answer this question. How have you found the ability of getting assistance uh, whilst you've been in America? Yeah, um, reasonable. Um Reason, yeah, reasonable. I travel a reasonable amount for work. Right. Um, so airports is really the place that I've had this the most. Sure. And train stations and things like that. Uh, what I will say, they do this that differs to Britain a lot. And also I find differs to Europe because obviously I've had um, assistance in Europe as well. Yeah. Um, is America just put you in a wheelchair. Right. Um, and when that first happened to me, that was a bit odd. You know, I, you know, arrived at Heathrow in London and somebody would guide me along and I was walking fine and getting everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, I got off the plane on the other side and there's a wheelchair rating. And I'm not getting on that wheelchair. My legs work fine, you know, yes. and I'm sat there thinking, who's taking the wheelchair? I don't know. Who's... And then, you know, they were like, oh, are you Eleanor? Well, Americans, they were like, are you Eleanor? Mm. Um, you know, and I'm like, why is that wheelchair there? <laughs> I, my legs work fine. Yeah. Um, but particularly in the bigger airports that I've been to, uh, the Washington, D.C. airport, which I think is called the Lincoln 
airport. I should know because I've flown in it multiple times. As I say, um, I have no like, idea. Or yeah, the um, Atlanta airport, which is the biggest airport in America, just okay. automatically put you in a wheelchair, which is very strange. Do they like if have you ever said I don't need it, or do they still insist? Um, when I, I did in Atlanta, I said, I don't need it. And they were like, uh, they were like, I'm sorry, ma'am. This is what we have to do. Like, this is what we do. Okay. Um, so that was very strange in smaller airports, like my local airport here, which is, it's, it's just a small domestic airport. Right. Um, then it's, uh, they will let me walk. I say, let me like, it's, <laughs> oh thank god a sighted person allowed me to walk somewhere you know yeah um no you mean so i find that i've never had a pro i in britain i've been I, I think everyone's heard a horror story of you know um they weren't taken off the train or you know nobody told them that that was their stop or something like that even when they booked assistance i've never had that problem in america right I've never had that problem in America. Okay. Um, the other thing that's different, speaking of um, any kind of assistance, is in Britain, when you get the audio description headphones, yeah. they just give them to you, right? Yes. In America, you have to give a form of ID to them. Okay. And then they give you your headphones. Right. And then you, you have to go back after the film and like exchange the headphones for your ID back. It's like a deposit. Sure. I guess it's to stop people stealing the headphones. Yeah. But who's stealing audio description <laughs> headphones? Yeah, they're not going to work anywhere else. Yeah, they're very specific. You know. <laughs> but, but I don't know. Maybe there are some. You know. You know, if, if you know enough about technology, I guess you could probably take them and tamper with them and make them work a different way. <laughs> but that was quite you know the first time i went to the cinema here sure and i was like yeah can i have the audio description headphones and they were like yeah sure id and right. i was like no i'm i'm blind like, <laughs> and they were like yeah yeah we need your id and i'm like what i just bought a ticket you know i'm going into the film <laughs> so that that was a moment of like what you know yeah um, so you have to be a certain age to use headphones yeah very odd i i was a bit, i haven't bought alcohol you know like i don't know what's going on um no, so yeah that was a strange one for certain yeah i was gonna say i've yeah. only i've only flown to america once i've been to florida you know disney world universal studios the usual um and i don't yeah. i i'm trying to remember in my head whether i know I, i'm pretty sure i didn't end up in a wheelchair i have a feeling that they did have one there but i think and maybe if I hadn't been with my family, they would have put up more resistance yeah, to me not being possibly. in it. But I think yeah. the fact that I was with my family, you know, I was where I was there with my both my parents and uh, my two younger siblings. So I guess you know that probably would have put them at ease. I don't know. Yeah, because I do it's... think they had a wheelchair because I am there, and I'm pretty sure that's when I experienced it because um, it's something that I've made a joke about on stage before like the whole you know they're so you know when they're there with a wheelchair and you're there like no you know i don't need it wrong disability and they're they're like no 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 get in and they're so persistent that you start questioning 
um, if maybe do, my legs don't do work. My work. Yeah, yeah. And, and just as, as just flop to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like a fish. It's just. But. Uh, yeah. I yeah. also find that um, Americans more than Britain when I tell them I'm blind have like this really crazy reaction. Like I find generally in Britain, you know, I, you have you know people who overreact don't you, and kind of pity you and they're like i'm so sorry you yeah know? um but generally british people kind of get over it right yeah they're, you know then you yeah. can start making your life sucks like the rest it. of us yeah yeah, oh. yeah like oh well, well done you got a pity card there you yeah. know it's that kind of like oh i'm blind i'll get over yourself you know <sighs> um but not in america i've told people i'm blind, and they're like oh my god I I don't know. I will pray for you. I don't know how you do it. I I I just. I, have you tried LASIK? Have you, have you tried glasses? Have you? I I just don't know how you survive. And I'm like, well, I I'm here. Yeah. Like I'm married with kids. Like clearly I'm surviving. <laughs> like, yeah. But and but they stay like Americans. It takes them. I've noticed a really long time to kind of get over the idea. True. And they also don't take blind jokes that well. <laughs> I can like, imagine. Even even when I make them, they're like, "Well, that made me very uncomfortable." Mm. Why? You're not the blind one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's that's it's, a... it's a culture difference for certain. Yeah. yeah, I will say you get a few examples in Britain of when they're there, like, "Oh, I don't know how you would do it." The 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 classic one as in the really like bad example is it's there like oh if i lost my if i lost my sight i i, I think i just kill myself yeah it's there oh, like oh cheers cheers for that one yeah um I, I once had one girl in i went to school with her this was in my mainstream school right and she full-on like broke down in the cafeteria in right. the canteen crying what, um, because you were blind because and specifically I have never seen a rainbow. Oh, yeah. And it was so weird. And we were that we were like fifteen. Mm. You know what I mean? We were fifteen, sixteen. Sure. And I was walking along with her, and she was asking me. That I remember the canteen had massive floor to ceiling windows, right. so I really couldn't see very well in there. Okay. And there must have been a rainbow outside, and she went, "Oh, there's a rainbow." Right. And I said, and it was genuine question. Can you see a rainbow through the glass? Because I don't know. Because yeah. I've never seen a rainbow. Yeah, and she enough. was like, she was like, you've never seen a rainbow? And I was like, no. And she, and I mean, burst into tears. To, to this day, yeah. no idea why. And then she drew me a picture of a rainbow. <laughs> and gave it to me. That's sweet. <laughs> I mean... I don't have it anymore. I'm sorry if she's listening. I did keep it for a while because I thought that would be sentimental value one day. But sure. I don't. Like I don't. No, I don't. Bless her. Clearly, she had a very strong investment in rainbows. I mean, a lot of people do. To be fair, <laughs> I mean, I've had moments where I think it's it's hard to explain to people. I've had moments with the site I have where, if the sky's clear enough. And I suppose if I'm in the right position, I don't know exactly the specifics of it when I can see the full moon. And it generally, like, there's a part of your brain that is 
just like you know i suppose like jumping up and down like a kid just there like oh my god i can see the moon <laughs> just yeah. so like because yeah. i remember i remember the first time i saw it after i'd lost my sight because i i point i thought it was i just thought it was a street light <laughs> like a massive street light um or something well to be fair not even massive because it doesn't look that big um you know because obviously distance um you know that's how it works um physics. yeah 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 um and i think i just pointed at it one day when i was a kid um you know and just you know said to my dad or my mum, don't remember which you know just there like you know that's that street like seems to be a lot you know higher than some of the others and they're just there like that's the moon and i was just there and it's just yeah and anytime yeah. I can, and anytime i can see it and i'm and i confirm with my wife or a friend i'm with assuming the friend is uh, fully sighted obviously no point asking my blind fellow blind friends um yeah but you know is that is that the is that the moon and they say like yeah so uh, nice yeah. <laughs> so. i had a really weird experience quite recently um my my youngest uh we got him a vr game set for christmas yeah, fair play and i the tried it today. the first time and it was really weird because I could see things that were far away because they weren't far away. They were close up. Sure. Right. Yeah. But they look far away. Right. But they're not, they're close up. So it was, re I could see things in detail okay. in this game, obviously not in real life in this yeah. game Yeah. that I wouldn't be able to see. Interesting. Because th they were further away in the game, but, they they were close to my eyes it was it was very bizarre and it actually it. kind of freaked me out a bit Fair um enough. because there were things that like i could read a sign across a room sure and i can't do that you yeah. know i can't see which one is the boys or the girls bathrooms you know without getting super close to the door yeah and it was very very peculiar um and you know, I was kind of like, is this how sighted people look at everything? There was just so much to look at. And I yeah. know that sounds ridiculous, but it was like, I, I couldn't focus my eyes on one thing because there was so much no, yeah, I get it. stuff. Yeah. Um, no, it's generally, so I was like, it's generally mind blowing. people live their lives? Yeah. Just with all of this stuff? <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, that reminds me of like, I think I've had multiple times, but I had one time where I was sat with a friend in like a, uh, it was like a cyber cafe on the, the university campus I went to. And um, just in conversation, you know, we were studying together and I just went, I really fancy a Dr. Pepper. Because, um, you know, the cafe served them. Uh, you know, I just want to get one. It's like Dr. Pepper's yeah. my favourite fizzy drink. I know there's a lot Dr. of Dr. Pepper's great. Oh, see, we are Can this podcast get sponsored by Dr. Pepper? <laughs> I've had a few um uh like things mentioned where if any of them want to sponsor me um you know I am more than happy especially Dr Pepper if it means an unlimited supply of Dr Pepper I will take it especially as my wife does not like Dr Pepper she hates it so she won't touch it so it's mine you um, why are you married to her divorce that's ground for divorce you need to get in contact with my brother my brother makes Dr Pepper ramen I'm not surprised. I am very aware that your your brother actually, because um, obviously with both, it was I met you and your brother um, with you attending at our 
RNC and yeah. it was actually through him. I had had Dr. Pepper before him, but I think <laughs> before I met him, but it was there. Like, I think after meeting him was when I started like, cause I remember like once being in Tesco's and there was like, you know, it was like, I think they had Dr. Pepper on sale. It was like, you know, two, two liter bowls. So yeah. you know, four liters for two quid. And I was there like, you know, yoink. Um, I was like, I'm going to try this. And I had it and it was there like, oh, this is good. Uh, and ever <laughs> since just, yeah, definitely my, definitely my top fizzy drink. I admit, um, as far as general drink, um, apple and blackcurrant squash for nostalgic reasons, mainly may never. They don't have squash in America. That's a thing. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, it's that, that's a, that's a, that's a whole nother episode as far as things that, that we, that they have, um, <laughs> That they don't have or they do have that we do or don't have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, that's... So, yeah, you were, saying you were in the cafe. You yeah. You wanted a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, and she, and she basically just... I could tell by, you know, the projection of her voice and stuff. She just looked at, at the cafe area and just went, well, they have them. And I was just there, like... And we were, like, at the other end, and I was just there, like, you can see that they have Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it's just, yeah. like, just uh, it's it's a complete just mind because it's and it's one of those big things where people go, oh, if they, if you were able to get your sight back, would you? And it's just they're like, I'm really not sure. And one of the big reasons for it is the adjustment period. It took me all this time to adjust to yeah. the sight I have. If I had all that sight back, it would just be an overload. Yeah, and oh. color scares me. That's because fair. you know. There's one thing, you know, I put those VR headphones on and that I, yes. I just couldn't believe how much stuff there was sure. to look at. Sure. That's one thing, but I still couldn't see the color. The idea that every single thing in the world, right, every single thing is a different color. Yeah. Every single thing. Yeah. Is a different, every single thing. <laughs> like, I can't fathom that idea and then not only is it different colors but people see colors differently as well well yeah there was right? that thing with the dress wasn't there the thing with the dress and like um you know oh is it teal or is it turquoise Can i, I just, heard a I, lot I, like, i'll just say uh blue and black for the record um in, um for um, anyone listening um because i know it was either blue gray and black and gray, it was me. yeah uh, yes it was either blue <laughs> it was either blue and black or golden white and for me it was blue and black at least when i yeah. first saw it and then i admit I think there was a time where I recently, my wife showed it to me again because she was saying it was golden white. And then I saw the golden white after her, like, showing it to me again. But when I fir the first few times I ever looked at it, because funnily enough, you know, it was being passed around on, a, on someone's tablet in the common room at RNC. So, you know, a load of blind, a load of visually impaired people arguing over what colour something is. Very, you know... <laughs> The irony Very is hilarious. Matter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that that scares me, the idea of colour. To um, be fair. I just I yeah. don't I no? can't fathom it. Yeah. No, I get it. I've also if people wonder, I've also had an argument with a friend of mine over the colour of Elsa's hair in Frozen, so um What colour is it? It's it's blonde. Right. I, I believe. But I was convinced it was white. But from what I can tell after rewatching it, I think it's just very white blonde. If that makes sense to you. Is that like a Mandela you. effect thing? I don't know. Like, is that a blind thing or a Mandela effect? I really don't know because I just I swear it was white. And to be fair, I still when I've watched it again, I think I can see the blonde, but I would still argue it. it's very 
it's very close to white. But again, I say this is someone with only 10% sight. So I'm very aware that I could be wrong. But she is someone like you. She she has an element. She's been on this podcast. So um, listeners who have been with us from the beginning will know who I'm talking about. Um, she, you know, she um, is colorblind to an extent, but it's not like you. It's more that she, like certain colors, like sort of clash, you know, so say... Right. I think if I remember, I don't think she mentioned it on the episode itself, but if I remember correctly, it's something like blues, greens, and purples. Like, they all look similar. And then there's other stuff as well, I believe. It's something like that. It's not that she can't see colour, it's just that colours, you know, just sort of, you know, they're not distinguished. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I really don't know. Because I swear it's white. And maybe, like, when this episode comes out um we'll i would have started a whole de- debate on that one i don't know um <laughs> i would be very interested to find out to be fair like especially you know from the fully sighted people um, shall, I, shall i google what color is elsa's hair <laughs> if uh it feels a weird thing to do while we're recording um but if you want sure i guess if you can do a quick um, one according to wikipedia siri knowledge it's blonde Okay. To be fair, when I looked at it again, I, and, and, and like I said, when I've watched the film, it does look like it's blonde. But I would say, see, this is something that probably I'm, I'm aware won't make sense to yourself. So I'm mainly saying this for the listeners. But to me, I would say it's not, it's a white blonde. It's not a blonde blonde like Alice in Wonderland's blonde. And I'm talking about the animated film there. But we'll move when on. When I think blonde, I think yellow. Yeah. I think it's very rare. I've, when it comes to cartoons. It normally is more yellowy, definitely. Like an Alice in Wonderland, that's what I... Yeah, that's the example I'm giving there, yeah. But to me, Elsa's... Most of the film, except I think for an occasional lighting, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like yellow, you know, yellowy blonde. That's yeah. my opinion. Again, though, I'm very aware I'm not the best qualified um, for for this um, subject matter. But yeah, uh was there any complication with you having a disability when going through the immigration progress process? Sorry. I mean, other than the, um, obviously the form filling and, um, obviously, you know, I'd love to make, you know, nice, happy eye contact with the interviewer who has the, my, my life in his hands in that moment, you know? Um, sure. But the, the only other thing really was, you know, uh, to emigrate to America, I don't know how it works for other countries. Uh, I had to have like a full health checkup. Right. Um, so I had to have, um, uh, there's there certain conditions, um, sure. diseases that you can't emigrate to America with, I right. don't think. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, quite predict, you know, don't bring Ebola. Yeah. You know, like quite predictable things. Um, sure. So I had to kind of disclose it. And I think there was like a waiver of like, she has this, but it's she's not here to try okay. and claim, you know, try and pass it on. It's not contagious. Or, right. Um, so it, it obviously, because it was, it's a severe condition compared to, oh, I have eczema, right? Sure. So... So it did have to be kind of cool. But that was, um, honestly, we, we went to like a, a, a doctor, a medical professional whose kind of job was immigration yeah. screenings and stuff. Okay. Um, 
so they good really took care of that um you know they were like you know it's not contagious it's not catching you're not here to try and yeah claim some sort of free treatment okay. you know um so it was it was reasonable but again it's it's that thing of it's something else you have to think about yeah you know it's it's a, it's another thing that you have to have a conversation about it's a, it's another thing that you know particularly when you're immigrating where, where you really are you know everything is kind of being scrutinized yes. it's another thing of like oh is that the one thing that's going to work against me right or sure. um you know and and this is also coming from uh somebody who immigrated to to america from britain so an mm-hmm. ally of america mm-hmm. who speaks writes you know english fluently yeah believe it or not um and <laughs> i'm also white yeah and uh, which does play a part of it in america and uh, mm-hmm. massively white privilege is real <laughs> particularly in this country um so yeah um you know without getting too political um yeah well yeah i think it's fair to say yeah in western society as a whole yeah for definite um and and so i think you know for 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 me um it was a, a one big stress of that right immigration was was intimidating enough it's sure. expensive. It's time-consuming. You spend six months not knowing if you're going to be deported the next day, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then also just general having anxiety, right? It's it's your life is in the hands sure. of a stranger who you meet for two minutes with a form about you, where yeah. you've crossed the box that says you're not a Nazi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. So for me, the blindness was 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 another thing. um of god i hope that that's okay which it was in the end but i imagine if there are lots of aspects of that you know if you're a blind person you know coming from south of central america you know from from latin america where there's where there's so much discrimination already perhaps you're not as fluent in english that you know um those are probably bigger problems that they face than than I did, you know. So there's a certain level of, um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that my blindness was one of the only things that I really had to worry about. Yeah. Um, that doesn't uh, discredit the fact that you know there there was a moment with the doctor where I was not. like, I'm blind. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. The answer is yes, blind people. If you're emigrating to America, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you you don't know in that moment you don't know the ins and outs of an immigration system and sure how people are classified yeah yeah no that's fair enough yeah uh, sorry i really went on for a bit then, no no not I? at all no 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 it's, it's all been very good at least uh i definitely think so i hope um listeners uh, agree there so I think we will wrap it up there, though, with that being said, because we've got a lot in there. So before uh, we end this, did you have anything you wanted to promote, like any social media or anything like that? Um, yeah, I've recently got on Twitter. Big, right. big day. Yeah. Um, so please follow me on Twitter. I'm just at Eleanor Waite. Um 
very simple and that's you know i'm i'm me on facebook is mainly just posting memes twitter is where the opinions happen so if okay. you want opinions hit up twitter that's fair. um <laughs> yeah that's fair enough so yeah again thank you for joining me today thank you for having me well that was a very informative chat hopefully you found it educational and somewhat entertaining you can follow me on twitter at the blind brennan send an email to the blind brennan at gmail.com or join the facebook group listen with your eyes if you can like share and rate the podcast that would be very much appreciated you've been listening with your eyes and you'll hear us again next time (laughs) 